looking at? I'm Fathery. I'm Aaron. I'm Brandy. And how do I look? You look strong. You look healthy. Perfect. That's what I was going. Actually, I was going for uh, confident, but in a creepy way. But I'll take oh, what I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's do this thing. Text Trek, drawn to Trek. Y'all know the drill. Hit it. Captain's log, star date 7403.6. pretending to do a captain's log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vandorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter? Ah, uh, Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years! Time to take this puppy off its leash! Warp me! Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 266th installment of the Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we take a deep look at Star Trek old and new. And the 22nd episode of Drawn to Trek, a Star Trek animation podcast from Trek Geeks. <laughs> and I have a cold, so I'm just like a little behind on everything. But yeah, it's a, it's a big week, a season finale. So the last episode of new Star Trek we're going to get this year and for uh, for who knows how long. It's sort of like mm. a, a little bit of a respite for content creators, though, I guess. You can kind of <laughs> look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, in some ways it's kind of a problem when there's no new Star Trek coming out. Because like, at least if there's like a new episode every week, I don't have to worry about like what to do. Program, it's like, okay, yeah. well, now I know what to base my entire week around. Yeah. So I guess the, the uncertainty is what frightens me in the, in the dark times between the shows. But such is life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think with Drawn to Trek, we've got a couple fun ideas that we're going to start playing planning those out yeah so uh be sure y'all are like following us on the socials i know it's harder with the the destruction of of twitter but yes we'll still have some some fun stuff coming out in the near future so that's that's my thought brandy <laughs> yeah. the look that brandy gave me is my thought about twitter mm-hmm. it's basically <laughs> well, that's that's a lot of things beyond just twitter i guess there's a lot of things that have that uh, expression over these days but yeah, most of them are social media things for me. It's just I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I don't I don't have time to keep up with all that. I just don't. I'm just It's so it. hard cuz like I'm like do I have to like put I I never I never use social media now cuz I'm like I'm going to have to write this on five different places. It's just easier just like to not write it and just feel lonely <laughs> and out of touch with everyone. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going for. I am an introvert, so that's kind of my base setting. Don't want to connect with people. Just leave me the hell alone for a bit. Didn't there used to be something like, I think it was friend feed or something like that, where you would just, you could put it in one place and it would disseminate to all of your different socials or something like that? I don't know, but I wish, I wish to hell someone would like develop that technology now because i really need something like that so if there is an option like that please people tell me but but yeah we'll we'll talk about the season four finale old friends new planets written by mary darman and directed by bob suarez in just a minute uh before we get into that i just need to do a little bit of quick housekeeping and thank the wonderful text trek patreon supporters it uh, means a lot to us when you're able to chip in with a, a monthly contribution like that and it helps us keep doing a weekly live show and uh, to celebrate we we like to do a monthly watch party so on november 18th because thanksgiving here in the united states 
Uh, there might not be any new Star Trek that week, but we'll be watching old Star Trek with uh, with Charlie X, one of the the rare time, maybe the only time Thanksgiving is ever mentioned in all 900 plus episodes of Star Trek. So yep. that's kind of cool. I, I like that episode, too. I'm a big TOS fan, so I think that'll be fun. We haven't done a TOS one in a while. Nice. I think Thanksgiving, yeah, I don't know if it's mentioned anywhere else. I know in TAS, <laughs> they have the Salem Witch Trials, so you get sort of pilgrims, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of pilgrims. I like that. That's not I like quite that description. the same. No. <laughs> That's pilgrim adjacent. Yes. There you go. So it's Thanksgiving adjacent adjacent. Yeah. That would be more like Halloween, nice. I guess, actually. Uh, yeah, that'd be a good one for Halloween. But yeah, there's there's not like a lot of a lot of news this week. Uh, the actor strike is still... It sounds like there's a lot of pressure to get that resolved, but still striking so for yet another week i I thought we were gonna have it solved before uh before november so yeah well that's the thing the uh, studios just want to starve all of the actors out basically so that they'll give in and agree to let them use their images and ai and crap and that's not gonna fly that's not gonna fly i'm sorry they're not ever going to give in on that and so you know the studios are going to be the ones who get starved out not the actors because they yeah. are united and they are strong and they should get what they deserve. It feels like they'll just create their own system if that if it if it, you know they continue like fine we'll just create our own our own studio yeah. system. Well, I, and, and for the most part, it, it sounds like they've they've caved on a lot of things. It's like kind of right now. It's more like the details, like you know, streaming residuals and stuff like that. They're trying to to iron out. So it is it is frustrating. But yeah, the uh, the the studios have been. It's like if we could have avoided like all of the strike if they would have just gave like the writers what they were asking yeah. for at the very beginning and it would have saved a lot of people a lot of heartache but yeah Ugh. greed it's all down to greed and power that's all it is but I guess uh, I guess Rod Roddenberry maybe found his dad's uh, three yeah. foot Enterprise model so that's pretty we exciting. got that that piece of news so more more to come on that yeah my friend Greg was actually. Like one of the first people to find the listing, and I'm like, I was uh, at a Halloween party, probably where I got sick, <laughs> watching uh, Attack of the Killer, uh, no, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988, the crazy fun, um, and. I just like after a while, everybody notices that I'm just looking at my phone and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> just like, I'm just, it's like they may have found the Enterprise model. <laughs> just like looking at it. And just <laughs> it seems very there, there's only one weird thing that I can't figure out is like the wood grain of the plaque on the bottom seems reversed. Like it's a mirror image like from like that's not possible the way it is, though. So I don't know. They could have also replaced the plaque or the, the wooden base. And I think it's plumbed for electricity, which it wasn't originally. So but that feels like something that people would have done. Like after the fact, like, oh, they've got this model. Now we're going to put some lights in it or whatever. But, but it yeah. was a like screen used prop. It appeared. Yeah. I guess yeah, yeah, like the three feet model. Yeah. Like it was when when the Enterprise got shrunk. Yeah. And Kirk is like looking. You see have Kirk's face on the view screen, right? When he's like looking into it. That was that was the three foot model. And then there was like the publicity pictures of Nimoy and Shatner with it before the show aired. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. It's a pretty uh, ancient Star Trek relic. It's been uh, it's been around since before the original series aired, I guess. So. Unfortunately, the person who put up the the listing is not responding to people anymore. So we're hoping that it's not like being held hostage or something like that. 
<laughs> let's let's everybody check their emails for a hostage note from right. the three foot model of the enterprise <laughs> and and if you get any messages from the three foot enterprise make sure you ask them are you okay and hopefully you know they'll be able to respond in some kind of code that we'll understand <laughs> like um system malfunction you know i don't know <laughs> kirk is a jerk <laughs> kirk is a jerk that's the one that's the one that's oh, okay. the one that's the yep. code word. That's the yep. code phrase we're looking for. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, maybe someone will just have to like steal it and run off with it, like Mariner with the Genesis device. So awesome. <laughs> that was a fun scene. The, the whole, the, yes. it all just feels like a movie. It was, it was mm -hmm. done that the second part really felt cinematic. Now I've yeah. just dived, started diving right into the discussion. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, well, I mean, it's beautiful. There's, there's not much else for, for news. So yeah, we can, we can get into this episode i can recap it by reading the official synopsis and then expand on that with spoilers as per the usual tradition but uh the, the season of lower decks aaron and i have, have been noticing that these synopses have been very intentionally vague it almost seems as if the people working on lower decks are kind of like annoyed marketing keeps you know like <laughs> wanting to like market the show to be like show off you know things so but uh the, but they the don't synopsis... listen to them sometimes it's like they'll they'll put more stuff out there than the directors and the the creatives want to because it's like that happened last year i think they didn't this week nope. this, this is the synopsis right here y'all ready for this okay mm -hmm. spoiler warning big spoiler warning this is going to give away a lot but an excellent season finale delivers plenty of laughs while tying up all the important plot and character arcs <laughs> That's almost a comedic, like, bit in itself. <laughs> yes. That sounds like it was written by AI. <laughs> that too, yeah. It sounds, it sounds like it was written by, like, a writer who, like, I don't want to describe this episode. I just want you to go watch it for yourself. That's, that's what they just should have done. Uh, go watch it for yourself. That should have been the synopsis. That would have been fine. Would have been great. It's the second half after uh, part one last week and the cliffhanger with uh, Nick Locarno and... Uh, basically, he wants to do Nova Fleet and has a Genesis device, which we know is oh, that's kind of like a big, powerful weapon. And Mariner's like, no, that's too dangerous for you to have. I'm going to go blow it up. And he's like, I'll I'll kill you to stop you from doing that. And she's like, no, you won't. My mom will beam me back over to safety. And Nick Locarno just blows up by himself, kind of like Khan. A lot like Khan, actually. So much like Khan. In fact, <laughs> that whole thing in the yeah. nebula was so very Khan. Even the music, even the visuals. I like a shot for it. shot in some places. Mm. Oh, I know. I loved it. You I loved it. You put them next to each other and they'd be moving at the same pace and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Brandia, since you since you loved it so much, why don't you give the first of our uh, opening statements? Just kind of give your broad impressions on on the episode as a whole, and then we'll we'll get into more details later in the episode breakdown. Okay, um, broad impressions. I loved it, obviously, and I especially appreciated because I knew it was going to get said, but. I like the way they did it. And that's, you know, he looks just like Tom Paris. No, I don't see it. Seriously, they have the same face. <laughs> They're like identical. No, no, I still don't see it. Yes, I love that. The fact that. that they broke it into two pieces actually made it funnier, too. Because yeah. it's like, oh, exactly. they're going to mention it once, but then it comes back. So it's like, yeah. yes. Yeah, I appreciated that. And I loved how that was handled. Shannon Phil coming back. Damn, that was amazing. I was crossing my fingers. And, uh, the animation was absolutely spectacular. 
in this episode, the nebula, that area where there were all the ice crystals, the giant ice crystals, um, the ships. Oh my gosh, all the ships, so much ship porn for Brandy. So those those are my general <laughs> feelings. We even have a new class of, of uh, micro steam runner or whatever. It's got a different name now. I can't remember, but it's yeah. like oh, yeah, it's the yeah. small yeah. saber runner. runner. Yeah, saber runner. Yeah. So that was uh, that was very. It was all just very exciting, and you know they stuck the landing for me. They really did. So, but when have they not on a season finale? Not yet. So, and probably not ever. I hope. That's cool. For for me, I was I was really on board with uh, the cliffhanger in last week's episode, and I I like, I guess most of the stuff that we got here that responded to the setup there. I just. In the second half of this episode, it got, for me, it got too into the Wrath of Khan. It felt like, I just, I've seen that movie homage so much, and it's like, this is cool, but like, did we really have to do like Matara Nebula again? Like, I think it's I time thought, to like, retire that now. This yeah, like when they were like the in the, um, the ice ring, you know, like when they were like flying around like the ice crystals and stuff. Like, I almost wish like the climax had taken place there instead of the ion storm, just so it would have been a little more visually different maybe you could do something cool with like the ice ring and like the genesis device like going off maybe you could like pull like the ice down onto the planet or make that in the oceans or i don't know maybe that could have been like a cool thing in animation but they didn't do that but the the overall story of just like nick locarno just basically like uh he was still only looking out for himself and i, I kind of like that being like the the villain of the story um but i did like i kind of like that idea of like oh just um you know we're like a fleet of equals it's like that is kind of like a cool notion like i kind of get like that uh that idea of like yeah like uh maybe we shouldn't all just you know agree to like this hierarchical structure maybe we should do something like a little bit more equal so i, I kind of wish that they had like framed things a little bit more of like locarno's ideas and stuff like weren't bad it's just he had selfish motivations i just kind of it, it is in there if if you're looking for it but seemed to be like there's no social engineering of that situation it was just like we're gonna take yeah. all these people that don't normally get along and throw them together and they'll get along because they're lower decks like no that's not how that works yeah but my hope is that we might see more of those other people there might be something in season five so uh some of my opinions on that stuff is going to be kind of like yet to be determined but overall yeah as far as like concluding the season-long story and giving us like a satisfying uh ending with you know, that yeah, we get, i guess have like another cliffhanger with like you know tindy's gone now like uh that yeah. was uh that stuff like really worked and connected i in fact like i'm like really emotional whenever i watch like the end like it gets like the end credits so I'm, I'm like yeah tindy you got this but i'm like yeah she's gonna be back in like one maybe two episodes top so then and I was like, well, but I mean, who wants her to stay gone, right? We want her back on the ship. So everyone knows it's gonna, the show is always going to kind of pull itself back to some level of, of normalcy. Probably. And then I have like some more thoughts we'll get into uh, later on. But uh, Aaron, what about you? What was kind of your general reaction? Pretty much everything that everybody said. Um, and I also like that it, Tom Paris, Tom Paris. <laughs> They're identical. Yes. <laughs> They, uh, he seems to be like now when you look back, it's like, oh, that's the logical bad guy. It just sort of really makes sense with the, you know, with the lower decks and ties back to the episode lower decks and everything. And just, it, it also feels like it's a nice, this is where Mariner could have gone, but didn't. So it's sort of like this nice diverging mm. path. And I think it's like, you get to see how much she's changed based on how much, you know, like how she just completely reacts to him. So I thought that was great. I love the, the, the ice. Uh, nebula thing uh, we mentioned that it's like we wondered if the, the screeners were a little bit delayed because they were still working on the animation for that because it was so 
fantastic. And I know they've done that up to, in, in the past where they've like, we're polishing it right up to the last moment. Um, it also reminded me of Star Tours a little bit <laughs> where they're flying through the ice uh, thingy. Yeah. Yeah. The ice thingy. <laughs> the ice, yeah. The ice thingy. That's what it is. The ice thingy. That's the, uh, the, the Star Wars ride. Right. Yeah, the Star yes. Tours. The the original version. I don't think it's in the newer ones. I never I did the original, know. so I guess I guess now I can't. I guess it's it's just been replaced. You can watch it on YouTube. Have. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've I've been on the original one many times, and now I'm at the age where I cannot go on it without having Dramamine first, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it just ends with. <laughs> it's amazing how much that makes you feel like you're actually moving, but yeah. but you know I just I and I love the flashback. I like. I love that we got Cedo without them bringing Cedo back. So it, mm -hmm. You don't lose any of that emotional impact of her death, yeah. but yeah. she's still there. So that was cool. So yes. Yeah. That, that opening with the 13 years ago at Starfleet Academy uh, flashback thing. You're like, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, Hey, that's like right next to Aaron's apartment. I've, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I see the top of that building every day when I go for a walk in the morning. But it, it was a lot of fun to see Cadet Mariner. I, I always wanted to see flashbacks of these people. Like, I kind of just, I want to see them when they're, like, even younger. I want to know, like, what they were like, like, in high school. Like, what was what was Boimler like, like, going to school? Like, what was, what was, what was his relationship with, like, his parents and stuff? Like, I need to see Boimler's family someday. Yeah, we don't, we haven't really seen anyone from no, his we family. We went to the Raisin yeah. Farm and we didn't meet any, like, we just, yeah. well, we met, like, all those girls that worked there, but. That were throwing that themselves yeah. at him and he was yeah. just, like oblivious i don't think he was oblivious i just thought think he didn't care and so he just yeah. didn't respond in the way that they wanted this also gives us a rough idea of how old mariner is yes so the, the youngest she can be is 29 basically and it looks like she, she's a second year cadet she's got like two stripes on her collar so hmm. i i think that uh so do we think that she joined when she was 16 or if she joined when she was 16, that'd make her 30 in this episode, I think. She'd be a year older than... Well, no, she's in the same class as Wesley, I guess, because they both have... They're both sophomores, so... Oh, okay. But he could be... You don't have to... Like, because he can join at, like, different ages. I don't... Right. I don't know. You know, yeah, she had to be at least 16. So she's probably, like, at least 17 here 13 years ago. So, yeah, that'd make her 30. That fits. Yeah, that gives you time to, like, been around for the Dominion War and... I mean, like you'd basically be like around the same age as uh, a lot, of, like a lot of people on like Voyager, like Tom Paris and Harry Kelm. They were kind of like the same age as Wesley Crusher. Also, they were, you know, oh. they probably still like would have been in high school when TNG was on the air. You know, like Encounter at Farpoint was seven years before Voyager. So you know, Harry Kelm seven years before that, he would have been like in eighth grade. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. I'm like, wait, are they watching their own show? I'm confused now. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just try not to think about how old people are because it doesn't really matter to me. No. Yeah. It's just... yeah, some people don't care about timelines. Well, the fact some that people the... really care about it. I think I, Tawny I just... can pull off doing the different ages, though. That's why I appreciated oh, yeah. the fact that it's like, OK, she can she can be kind of timeless in, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was cool getting like the original Cedo actor, Shannon Phil. And like they really didn't. In fact, they they could have had someone who probably sounded closer to her original voice if they did like re like, you know, just any woman voice actor would be like, hey, can you do like a youthful voice for like a like a college aged person? And they'd be like, yeah, I can do that. Easy breezy. So but I'm, it was cool that they 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 got her in there. And it was cool to have, you know, Will Wheaton as Wesley Wheaton. played it very <laughs> different as voice. Yeah, yeah, he went like exaggerated, kind of like youthful instead of like. I, I like that because it, it worked for Lower Decks, but it also made it stand so 
far apart from his Picard appearance yes. last year in season two of that show. So where he came up as uh, showed up as himself, <laughs> essentially as uh, as Traveler Wesley, who is very much like Ready Room Will host Wheaton. Will Wheaton. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like you know. Just just my personal opinion on this is that I know some people were like, well, his voice didn't crack while he was on TNG. He was on the frickin' flagship of Starfleet. Of course, he's not going to let his voice crack. He's going right. to be as dignified as possible. But now he's among peers at Starfleet Academy, and he's just being his own damn self. So yeah. just let it go, folks. You don't have to nitpick over things like that. I don't think people were nitpicking over it. I just thought it was, it was oh, just fun more. to see. Somewhere. Oh, were they? Oh, okay. Like I enjoyed seeing him do a voice that's like he's playing into the the animated yes, embodiment yeah. and everything. It just really it gave that Wesley a kind of a, a lower decks presence, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and I I agree with that, and I appreciated that. But I'm surprised that people. Oh well, I shouldn't be surprised because people never be nitpick everything. <laughs> never be surprised at nitpickers, and it's, it's just, also Star you know, Trek. I'm... Nitpicking and Star Trek kind of go together. Yeah, I just um, I'm just one of those people where. Most of the time, I mean, sometimes there are things where I'm like, ah, I can't get past this one thing. But 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm like, just, I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah. It's also weird that I keep looking at this scene and like, I re I, I know what that bridge feels like <laughs> to walk across <laughs> it and stuff like that. It's very odd. Like, I have walked across bridge. that bridge as well. <laughs> yeah. When when they go across that bridge, they get the, the line from Cito that, uh, yeah, this, I don't know. Covert Starburst thing, whatever that is. I guess it's supposed to make us all be remembered as legends, but I feel like the only name anyone will be remembering is Locarno, and then that kind of comes back at the the end of the episode to, to bookend it. What do y'all think about when I guess we get to see Locarno explain like his whole fleet, his whole operation, the the interior, like the Nova One with no with no carpeting. He's bragging about like his total lack of Starfleet carpet and wood paneling. Yeah, yeah. and the wood paneling. <laughs> I noticed that they painted all the ships. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I gave them all a custom paint job. That ship actually looks like the representation that was never used, I don't think, of uh, Feager from mm. Sid Mead. It's got that sort of look to it, the outside part of it. Oh, from the unused concept? Yeah. I think they used it on the DVD menus or something. One of one of the versions of the like director's cut, I think. Oh shoot! I didn't even notice that, and I gotta pop that back. Because it has like the, the electricity, you know, through that little box. Yeah. 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 Oh, didn't notice that. That's cool. The inside looks very uh, Kelvin universe in some ways. And doesn't his chair look a lot like a throne to you? Mm -hmm. Is it just me? <laughs> it's also it looks like it can be raised independently. It's got like a piston or something like that yep. <laughs> yeah i like that it shows he he spends way too much time overthinking like his presentation like it's it's all yes. very like egocentric isn't it yeah and that's actually what killed him his ego killed him when he, when he makes his like declaration to the i don't know galaxy wide or quadrant wide however wide it was i i loved the reactions of of Rutherford and Boimler, which was one of the things I think I think that would have been Rachel's theory last week. But some <laughs> someone, me and Aaron, were talking to about like how are, how are they going to handle Tom Paris and Lacarno? You know, they have oh, yeah. to at least acknowledge it in some way. So, I, but I like this option. I like what they did. I didn't want that. We were trying to figure out like how do you make it work? Like, are they secretly transporter clones? Are they like long lost twin brothers or something? And it's like Tom Paris spent seven years on a show like we watched twenty six episodes a year with that dude, and he never talked about having a a doppelganger so it was like, right there wasn't a good way to explain it 
And I, I never liked the idea of, like, they're the same person with just a different name, because Locarno is always kind of more of a jerk than Tom Paris. Like, Tom Paris never covered up the, the death of someone. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, every, they always say that you have a twin out there. Everybody has a twin somewhere. It's like that's, or a doppelganger. You know, it's like, it could be that kind of thing. Or it's just like, oh, he looks an awful lot like him. Yeah, I, I appreciate that the explanation is that there is no explanation. Well, yeah. Yeah, the explanation is sometimes in Star Trek, the same actor has played multiple characters. And and they shine a light on it, but still don't explain it, no. and I'm fine with it. Yeah, Brock Peters is really good as Admiral Cartwright, and he's really good as Joseph Sisko, and that's fine. It's okay, don't worry about it, move on. Dr. Pulaski looks an awful lot like somebody from the, the, uh, the 23rd century. Yeah. I know, right? I yeah. seem to remember her showing up on the Enterprise, but, you know, she had a different color hair. So, I, I mean, I guess you can change your hair color anytime you want in the future, but, yeah. <laughs> And I do wonder, like, the, the, the Trinars, I feel yeah. like they must be... I, I think that, that might be set up for something in Season like, 5. Joel said, the, so are the Trinars, like, polybinars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that their thing? <laughs> they're a thruple. <laughs> yeah. I, th I feel like we're going to get an explanation. I feel like they're, uh, they're a setup for Season Could 5. Be, yeah. so, or, and they're pretty advanced, so I don't know if they're going to be, like, formidable foes, or maybe they'll, they'll be good guys. Who, who knows? But I think they're going to do something with them. Well, yeah, they were responsible for that shield. Yeah, and I, I like when they do the fleet-wide kind of montage thing, where it's cutting to like all the different people that are watching Locarno's broadcast. Uh, we see like some familiar ships, but we also see uh, like some just I don't know some weirdo ship with weirdo people we've never seen before. It's just like yeah, like the Star Trek universe is huge. There's all kinds of people we've never met. Yeah, and yep. there was um, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember her name. The one who was the archaeologist. Oh, we saw yeah. her on her ship. Yeah, That's the one I always want to call Katniss, uh, Katniss Ever Everdeen. <laughs> yeah, that one. No, but it's Petra Petra, Petra. Aberdeen, not Kat Katniss, whatever her name is. My brain said Tetra. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> when Mariner is like, this guy sucks. You know, don't don't listen to him. He only cares about himself. I like that. Like, she's like out of focus for like the camera had to like re when like she yeah. like, runs up to the camera and had to like refinder and like refocus it's like these auto focusing right. cameras everyone yeah. on, the, on the internet is using that was so great that that was really funny that just made it feel so realistic yeah it was it was so spectacular and i love her mom's reaction yes yeah yeah she was very like like hell yeah i, I knew girl. i could trust you yeah 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 well she basically just kicks the canister that the genesis device is in and it, it she basically kicks it into nick crafts the genesis device and books it on out of there and just it was it was spectacular love the it. animation was really good and we have like kind of that cool moment where it's a very star trek trope i know but the the brass is like oh well you can't do this i'm ordering you to not engage and then the captain is like okay uh Sarita's strong we doing this to save mariner and then boimler is like all all departments are saying you know, like yeah we're good to go everyone is on board with saving mariner but i did i gotta say like it is a very funny joke in lower decks this might be like one of the funniest gags they ever pulled in my opinion when you, they had a captain who is like Listen, I when we're when we break orders in Starfleet, you know, I know we're gonna get in trouble, and a court martial is guaranteed for all of us. Like I was, I was laughing my ass off when I heard that because I was like, no, that never happens. Y'all are gonna go, y'all are gonna go save Mariner, and then the admiral is gonna be like, oh, well, I guess you did the right thing after all, and like no one's gonna get in trouble, and that's exactly what happened. But <laughs> to be fair, I was kind of like rolling my eyes at it when it when we got to that that part of the episode. But by the end, they 
I, I, I feel like, okay, reestablishing diplomatic communications with the Orions, that actually is like a big enough win. That probably yeah. would get you a pass. So I was like, oh, they actually did like a little bit better job with this trope than uh, I would have thought. So I should give them, I should give them credit for it. I love how much the season that Captain Freeman has become like the super competent captain and just like finally, you know, letting her, her command style show through. Yeah. She's not trying to impress people as much. She's just, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, and I, you know, basically Vassar was saying you can't, you, you know, this is a diplomatic situation. They're not members of Starfleet. We can't do this, et cetera, et cetera. And she says, I'm not going to sit around and wait for politician to decide Mariner's fate. And I'm like, hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Thank you. Do what needs to be done. It's just, this is where I started having like a little bit of the problem with like the, with Nick Locarno's mission in, in the episode where it's like, okay, like the show is showing me like, yeah, you can't always trust the establishment. You can't always trust the people in charge. Like sometimes you need to like go make your own choices and do the right thing anyways. Uh, so it's like, it, I feel like it, it's kind of a conflict with itself then at the end when it's like, yeah, like I know like Starfleet messes up a lot, but like we still like need like this hierarchy system and we need to like follow orders and stuff like that. I So I thought it was, it was kind of like a weird pairing to do both those of the same episode. That's the beautiful dichotomy of Starfleet though, because it's everybody basically accepting that there are rules and knowing when you need to break those rules because rules do not apply to every single situation. Those rules, of course, have been established over centuries uh, from experience, what's happened with encountering other races, other planets, etc. So yes, all of those things are guidelines as to, you know, mistakes that have happened in the past. But you can't judge every situation with that set of rules. That's why rules evolve, rules change, and sometimes rules have to be broken. And this is one of those instances. Yeah, 100%. I like Jill's comment. Locarno is like the guy who peaked in high school and talks about his glory days for the rest of his life. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yeah. That's yes. so perfect. Later, when, when Mariner confronts him and is like, first off, you didn't graduate. When he's like, I graduated top of my class. I know how to disarm him. And she's like, no, you didn't even like you got kicked out. Like you're not yeah. you're not even like a dropout. You were like banished. You know, you're like even worse. Like you're you're not even like last in the class. You're not even in the class, fool. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Brandy? I was just saying I I love Mariner putting the Genesis device <laughs> in a seat and putting a seatbelt on it. Where are those seatbelts all the rest of the time? <laughs> That's a good point. We've but, seen this bridge design. I th that's like kind of like the bridge I'm in, I, but it's like the, it, yeah. similar to the Enterprise D battle bridge. Yeah, like, it very much reminds me my of my co-pilot. No exploding. <laughs> yeah, it's just so awesome. Just keeps calling her GD. Has GD, gendered her, gendered her as a she. It's like, yeah. girl, they are after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is obsessed with you. He is obsessed with you, and that just was great. I. I love that she did that because that is the kind of thing that you do to keep yourself sane when you don't have a sounding board. So you just, you become your own sounding board, but you project it onto another object. And the Genesis like Wilson, device the, was the perfect. Volleyball. Yeah, the, yeah. Wilson, yeah. the volleyball. Exactly. No, I have, I have conversations with my dog all day long. <laughs> oh, me and my cat. We, we have some amazing conversations. So yeah, I get that. I like that she has the joystick too from the, yes, everybody. When, when you fly the ship by yourself, you get the joystick. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I don't know like how else you would uh, pilot it from the captain's chair. So right. I'm, I'm I'm glad that they they thought about that to to stick that in there. 
Um, we've seen her do some similar stuff before, like in the the opener to season two when she was in the holodeck and she was escaping the Cardassians. Oh yeah. Now we know why she hates the Cardassians so much because they they killed her uh, her role model. Mm-hmm. Father and I were talking about how uh, the other uh, Nova Squad person, Jean Hajar, it's like I wonder if she had a hard time during the Dominion War because it sounds so much like Jem Hadar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like every you know time she mentions her name, girl, people get yeah. PTSD. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, Jim oh, Hadar, where? <laughs> oh, the poor Jim Hadar. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. <laughs> they did not ask to become that. No. Yeah, I don't know what a happy ending for the Jim Hadar would be. It's like you were all like engineered to be um, crackhead soldiers that no one will ever love or care about. Uh, but I don't know. We got you another job doing something else and. To earn your narcotic, you have to have to live. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yeah, like being like genetically designed to to be a Jim Hadar is just like, yeah, you're kind of a, you're kind of just screwed. I don't, I don't know how to help them. I guess I we'd have to lower like, decks. It would be like they become nannies or something. <laughs> like Bashir tried to cure them, and he was like, it's yeah. impossible. It's like built in like their DNA. There will never be a cure. Is kind of his conclusion. But well, yeah. I don't know. He didn't. He didn't give up. He kept, he was still. Miles had to blast his stuff to get him to stop working. So yeah. or maybe someday, maybe one day, a doctor will figure it out. Jim Hadar. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give up hope on y'all. So yeah. But uh, maybe they should have like some Dominion people. They should have like some Jim Hadar who tried to like break free from the Dominion. You'd think that'd be like an easy place to find disgruntled lower deckers for uh, Locarno's yeah. Nova fleet. Yeah. I did like the comment that Maquis would like to have a word when he talked. Oh about yeah, him. <laughs> the, the only just like yeah, the, the writers' room like predicting the internet comments. Mm-hmm. Like okay, yep. this like some nerd will be like, well, the Maquis would like to have a word about that. So let's just go ahead and give that line to Boimler now. Boimler, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, they did it in the crossover when he went to Strange New Worlds. He was basically having like all the fan reactions. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know Spock and Chapel had a had a relationship before the original series. Like all all the things we were all saying, it was just if like you had yeah, Boimler the says the series same things. you would have. No. <laughs> yeah, Boimler, brush up on your on your TAS. Yeah, if, if TOS is those old scientists, we got to think of something for TAS. One of those amazing, sci- amazingly old scientists. <laughs> well, we had an idea once for a time travel episode where they go into the the era of TAS, and the, it was time anomaly syndrome. It's like it's like why does everything look so weird? It's like oh, it's it's time anomaly syndrome. It happens when you time travel. <laughs> my in my head, I was like they were drawn like TAS. Which would have been fun, but I like it. I like that they pitted the uh, the Romulans and Ferengi against Mariner in the in kind of the chase because I don't know they're, we're just kind of used to them as as baddies. The the ice ring, I think, uh, I think that that looked uh, really neat. That was a that was a different environment. It was it was yeah. a little bit like when Odo and the Wayun clone were hiding from the Dominion in some in some ice. So we have the the Orion mission to secure a warship to get through the Trinar shield. We check in with De Erica, so I guess she's like head of the family now. She's running the 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 fifth largest crime family, crime syndicate organization in the syndicate. Yeah, I I wonder that she mentions like a, it's not a copy, not like borrowing a copy of Sword and Scabbard. So I, I assume that's one of the trashy Orion Hollow novels that uh, that guy Guns Lek. And ammo. On, well, I was thinking like uh, like dude on DS Nine. I think his name was Lek. L-E-K? I might, I might be thinking of a Ferengi. That sounds a bit Ferengi-ish. I think that's a Ferengi, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Orion dude at DS9. But he was saying, like, oh, oh I grew guy, up in Ohio, yeah. and everything I know about Orion culture, I just learned from, like, the trashy uh, uh, hollow novels with big boobs on the cover, so, you know, something like that. So I was like, was Sword and Scabbard one of those? But uh, the the trial by, or no, barter by combat. 
Very Orion. What an Orion yeah. idea. I also like when Rutherford says, no can do, 10D2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. That's a very, very, I don't know, Rutherford very Rutherford. line. It's a very Rutherford, yeah. And she is the younger sister, so that's that fits. Mm-hmm. 10D2, yeah. We've talked a lot about, Aaron and I have how, like, Maglimo doesn't really, like, he doesn't, he hasn't done much uh, on on the show. It, they've really, like, shown a lot of these senior staff, you know, have, have like, their moments being, like, really good at their jobs. And, uh, Maglimo, I guess... He almost has his moment to shine here. I thought it was actually funny when he when he still ends up losing the the fight. But what did y'all think of his of his battle? I thought it was hilarious. Because <laughs> anybody uh, who has thought, allergies knows that that's actually a really good defense. <laughs> it is. It really is. Because I do have allergies to certain things, and uh, yeah, it it can be completely debilitating to have an allergy attack of of such kind. Um, just, just him fluffing that was yeah. so funny fluff you're down it's embarrassing <laughs> just do it and then the what made me crack up is when like because it, it takes him a while to figure it out you know it's like finally like yo dumbass Maglimo he's like oh like she's like sneezing and coughing I can like okay I got her now and he like runs out and just starts punching and like his like his punches do nothing to her like she does I don't even know mm-hmm. if she notices probably not but uh yeah it, it is it is sad like I I, I like this though because I was like oh cool I was wondering how Maglimo would win and look this cool way he like puffed out kind of like Dr. Flox but even funnier so you know but but then when she passes out on top of him and they lose I was like oh what a what a heartbreaking development I did not see this coming <laughs> yeah we all thought she that uh, Maglimo was gonna win yeah. after he he fluffed it Flipped his down and his... I don't know sure why they she won just because she's on top of him I guess I don't know it's like she um, passed out. Yeah, I guess because, <laughs> like in wrestling, when like one wrestler uh, pins yeah, the pins. other wrestler, yeah. I think that's what yeah. I, I I watched wrestling as a kid enough, I guess, that I didn't even question it. Me I just assumed those were the rules. Mm-hmm. I do like that they still use the uh, the symbol from the animated series for the Orions, which is so. Cool. I was I'm glad you bring that up, Aaron. I was about to ask you. I think the Orions or Orions, Orion, yeah, in the animated series. They might have been part of Tindy's family, or at least like in service to them. Oh, that's interesting. They had this banner, and they had like the same ship that picks her up at the end of the episode. Same type of ship, yeah. We've never seen that logo in Lower Decks, except for that guy who was uh, working uh, at the the pirate base that they went right. to. Right, but also two. was related to her. Right, like yeah, his cousin. Yeah, maybe it's a family crest. That would be interesting. So I want, yeah, that could be like the Tindy symbol, and then those those. The Orions might have been like they, they were like they were either part of her family or they had been like employed by her family. Maybe. I don't know. Just a, just a thought. They're just trying to pronounce that out it like the way that they did when, you know, like at the old home country or something like that. <laughs> I've thought about just like I'm just going to be the jerk who just calls Orions and Star Trek Orions. And I'm like, there's no way I'd be able to like keep doing that. I'd like every time I'd be like Orion slave. I, Orion slave. I would just like stumble over myself nonstop. So I think that would be funny if someone did that. I, I mean, it's canonically acceptable. It should be mentioned at some point or something. I, th- I thought they were going to use it with uh, the guy from Ohio at some point mm. you know, where, where he, he called it Orion or something like that. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, real Orions like to say Orion. Yeah. Something, right. <laughs> something like that. You know? Yeah. Sounds like them. But yeah, the, the heartbreaking development of to save Mariner, we must give up Tindy. So... Although I think it'll be okay. I think I think in 
within two episodes of season five, I think she'll be back on the Cerritos. I might be wrong, but I think episode three, I think season five, episode three will open and Tindy is already back on the Cerritos. We need to clip this out and then play that back. (laughs) 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 We can. Well, yeah. What what do y'all think about that? I figured it was going to be something that we were not going to like, basically, when they went to Orion in the first place. Because I thought, uh, you know, yeah. we've seen what Erica's like, and she's not going to let anybody off easy, nor is she going to just be willing to help. And she she has good reasons for it. She's in all these neg- negotiations with other people, and she can't be seen colluding with the Federation and Starfleet. So uh, I do enjoy the fact that she she double crosses them in a very Orion like way by giving them this ship that she promised they could borrow and it doesn't work at all. Yeah. That's a real jerk move. It's like, I get that. Like you want to show your Orion strength and I don't know, uh, shiftiness or whatever Orions take pride in, but like, did you really have to like give your sister like the lamest warship that you have like you couldn't find like something like at least like the engines worked on it or anything well, they mentioned they mentioned the the they needed the firepower i mean they literally did say that they needed a specific thing for that shield mm-hmm. yeah i i feel like i feel kind of like derica is still kind of punishing tendy a little bit but also she cannot be seen as favoring even a family member in any kind of negotiation so she kind of goes overboard mm. in making it seem like she doesn't really care what's going to happen okay I lo- that's a real like you know kind of political kind of i don't know yeah. maybe pragmatic that's a very like pragmatic move i like that though it shows that she's kind of has like the the cunning to be a and the solution leader. that that uh, tendy came up with was very tendy mm-hmm. it just felt like, like yeah that's totally what she would be self selfless about it and offer herself up i did i did laugh at like billups when he didn't when it was kind of like scotty you know here in the enterprise yeah. ca- called a, a garbage scale or whatever and <laughs> andy shut up like I really love the need, looks on b- both Jack this. and Boimler. Like, yeah, just like, oh, no, oh, no, yeah, no, no, don't yeah. start this. The Livick thing. What do y'all think of, like, the return Livick. of, of Livick, <laughs> Rutherford's Livick. rival? That's good. We thought I that he'd come back. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to be the disgruntled lower decker on the Cerritos who was going to try to, before we knew it was Locarno, when it was just, like, the mystery ship going around. Oh. When we found out it was, you know, kind of teaming up with lower deckers on those ships, I thought, oh, Livick will betray the Cerritos. But I was, I, I was wrong. Uh, instead, he dressed up as Mark Twain. The fact that it was to Lynn. <laughs> that's presented the solution. Yeah. Just cracks me up. And it just really cements that she has become a lower decker. She does not. Be- she never belonged on that other ship. So-called a jerk. And so she's she's finally accepting that this is her place. These are her people. Yeah, she's been a great addition to the show. I don't Agreed. know. I've I've yeah. I've praised her character pretty much like every episode she's she's been in. But uh yes yeah, it sounds like everyone's liked her. I haven't heard anyone be like Well, that's not true. I I, I have seen some people say that like the addition of Talyn has has led to like less uh Boimler stuff and like less like Boimler and Mariner kind of doing stuff together. I feel like he's I feel like Boimler is kind of like he's kind of like Rutherford as far as like screen time. I feel like uh 
he used to be kind of more the focus or more like an equal to Mariner. And this season, I think that might have shifted a little bit to to focus on Mariner. We 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 talked to uh, Mike McMahon earlier, and we're actually going to have like that interview next week when we do the season four show where we talk about the entire season. And it's, it sounds like we have we have more Boimler coming in season five. But yeah, I feel like, you know, like Boimler and, and Rutherford weren't even though like Talyn wasn't in every episode, I almost feel like Talyn kind of had maybe just because everything she did was like new. We were seeing it for the first time, but I feel like she left a bigger impression this season than than Rutherford or Boimler. I think mm. everybody could seem to have their episode, though. It's like, you know, we had Rutherford and Tendi in the, the Ferengi, Ferengi episode. Yeah. Hearth, Parth, Ferengi, Parth, place, Ferengi's whatever. Heart place. Heart place. It's, there it's, we go. It's supposed, it's, I don't know who in the writer room is a Garth Marenghi's Dark Place fan, but I salute you. Yeah, it was a reference just just for, I don't know how many people watch that show, but they're they're doing it just for you. Yeah, well, I wasn't the only one. Um, there are other people who know of it, but if you have not watched Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, I strongly suggest that you do so, especially if you like British comedy and especially if you like Matt Berry. So uh, it's just really, it's it's really good satire and uh, makes me laugh on a regular basis. It's not, it, it was, there was only one season of it. And so it's not a huge time investment. Um, it can get kind of graphic as far as violence <laughs> because, you know, it's based on like Stephen King's, what was it? Kingdom Hospital? Was that what oh, it was? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. It's kind of a parody of that. And so oh, weird stuff happens. And um, and Garth Marenghi himself, of course, is the star of his show. And he's also a writer, you know, a horror writer. Basically, okay. he's aping Stephen King. But he's he's the biggest Mary Sue you have ever seen. It's just it's so it's so much fun. I think. Do you know where it's streaming? Uh, you can find it on Prime Video if you have uh, Prime Video. I think that's the only place it is right now in the U.S., but I could be wrong on that. Cool. Yeah, um, I hadn't I hadn't heard about it until it was a joke in in Lower Decks, but I'm curious now. That's that's why I think it's so amazing is that it's putting all these people who didn't know anything about Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and putting this in their path and going, "Hey, you should maybe watch this. It's pretty funny." It'd be funny if that's how they just do all season five. They just, just like if you haven't seen that's this. Let's, let's name this after that that show. Yeah, well, the first time that I even looked at the title, I'm like, Perth. Ferengi's heart place. Why does that sound for? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that was basically my reaction. Like Jean Hajar. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that actually might have been where the the real life creation of Jim Hadar came from. It might have been like, me. <laughs> the same person who thought up Jean. I can, I can never remember her name, even though you just said it. But... Hajar. Hajar, like maybe the same person who thought of Gene Hajar was also the same person who thought of Jim Hadar. I don't know, but I, I think with like the uh the the dueling twins thing though, like if that's gonna be like a recurring joke, they might, maybe should, like should have. Well, I take that back. I was gonna say like maybe like they should have waited to like another season, but I, I feel like this like the last episode of the season had been like long enough. Like I kind of forgot about like the Mark Twain thing. You could bring it back, but um. I don't know if I would have done it like over like this, like Livick and Rutherford. Like, I'm not really sure what they were arguing about. Like the like this is one techno babble way to reboot the systems. Like, no, it'd be, it'd be a better techno babble way to do it this way. And yeah, it felt like it was it was not used for the right purpose. I don't know. That was just 
But they need to use it again for like an argument that like yeah. it's actually like a big stake thing and like the audience understands like this is option A and this is very clearly option B is a different thing and yeah. these two people are like in conflict about this but then they go and do the Mark Twain thing like I th- you would have had Riker and Data for like which way they're going to do the when the ship explodes when, the, when you turn the <laughs> yeah. spell or whatever. yeah yeah exactly uh, you're just you're just like any any Star Trek moral quandary typically ends with the convenient like oh but we're so smart we found a third option, third option. yeah so you just do like the Mark Twain thing right before you get the third option thing and you could you could do like the same format but yeah like, I think you can do like a big like you can do a big surprise payoff if you hold off on this joke and then bring it back at just the right time yeah well the interesting thing is that we don't know what the solution was that they that they agreed upon the That's compromise true. and my guess is that it's what we actually saw they realized that neither of them had the right answer and so the only answer was to hurl the ship at the shield yeah yeah and i guess they didn't want to like bl- blow the surprise of the you know the captain's yacht and i i do like that they kind of they held off on that and like so oh boimler's in the captain's chair what that's so cool and like all of that stuff and, and if you notice when he's in the captain's chair if you go back to season two a spy humongous when he's pretending to be the captain in that improv space he does the exact same movements and everything. It's so funny that it's like, okay, I've oh, seen that before. His captain training, he like yep. he retained all of that. That Except is so just, neat. He just used the opposite arm. That was I went back and did a screenshot, but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the first time he like practiced that. He he does yeah. I mean like we know in the closets he's like doing like pretend captain's logs, so I I think he's not doing that as much anymore, um, like practicing to be a captain, like the way he sits and stuff like that. I think yeah. he's learning how to be more in the moment and to just let things happen. Yeah. And I was so excited that he got picked to be acting captain because I am Boimler, for one thing. And for another thing, I just, this has been his quest since the beginning of the series. Yep. And now he's actually had his moment in that chair and it just made me really happy. Yeah, I, I like that. Like he didn't get like overwhelmed by it. Like he was like, like he was like, oh, no, I got this. I'm prepared for this. Yeah, this is, this is what I've been. I've been training my whole life for this. I did like I at like the that. end when like the ship gets bumped. He goes ah, <laughs> just like does this really quick like thing where he just gets flung over and like and yeah. You don't ever see I mean, him. he's still Boimler. He's, he's yeah. still you know he's still going to be him. But yeah, it was good physical comedy for animation. Yeah, it's it's what I would have done. You know, ship gets hit, I fall down. Yeah, yeah. that would that would be me because I am Boimler. When when Mariner goes into the ion storm, like I think that's when I wanted to have like more of like an argument between uh, Locarno and his like Nova fleet. I wanted I, I think I just wanted like one of them to be like like no, you're being like a selfish asshole and <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna follow you. He gives off on them like pretty quick though, and they're not when well, they won't listen to him. And he's guess I don't know I I guess I'll just have to do it myself kind of thing. But I like the conversation the dialogue we get back and forth between mm-hmm. Locarno and Mariner. You know what that reminded me of? I just now thought of this, but even though like, you know, visually we're kind of just watching a uh, a recreation of the Wrath of Khan, even like some like the same shots, but the you know, the the much more interesting thing to me was the the back and forth between the two of them. And I think it's kind of like in the other Star franchise, you know, a lot of times when they do their their lightsaber battles it's real like in some of the movies that make that more about like a conflict between like two characters and the conversation that takes place during the fight is really more of the spotlight like when i focus on that stuff here like i like it a lot 
lot more. But I like the the con stuff was just unfortunately just Picard season three did so much Wrath of Con types. Yeah. Just like we, I mean, you know, Star Trek in the Darkness tried to. I know that was ten years ago, but still, it tried to kind of like retell the the movie. That's <laughs> like uh, we, you know, we've seen a lot of Wrath of Con stuff. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know if we need to more Matara Nebula battles, but the conversation at least was really fun. Just getting in both of their heads. What do y'all think? I really liked it, and I knew Mariner was not going to give in at any point. She would she would die if she had to, to keep this device from getting back into his mm-hmm. possession. Yeah. And he, again, is just so full of himself that he can't see anything else. And he is so confident that he's going to win, he's going to get what he wants at all stages, that when people aren't agreeing with him, he just cuts them out. Because it's always been just the Nick Lacarno show. There has never been any co-stars mm-hmm. in that show. It's yeah. just always the Nick Lacarno show. And so uh, I appreciated the back and forth between them. And I think a lot of times Mariner, while being a little worried that she was going to be able to pull any of this off, was also just kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> just inside her head, just doing mental eye rolls a lot of the time. Because he's also like the I barely knew you. <laughs> yeah, it's like we weren't friends. And he's 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 saying all this stuff like she was a member of Nova Flight. Yeah, it's just, and she wasn't. And he just this is what people with big egos do. They rewrite their own history. Yes. to make yeah. themselves look better. To to justify their own actions. And they start to remind me of a certain politician that, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, you know, it it never turns out well in the end, y'all. The bill always comes due. The bill always comes due. For half a second, I'm like, oh, he's not going to shoot her. No, he he is, because he would would totally do that. And, you know, had she not beamed out, she would have gotten zapped. So who knows if it was on stun or kill, but. When the Romulans didn't want to pursue her, He's like, oh, well, your Romulan captains you betrayed are going to be, you know, they're, they're famously forgiving types of people, right? So, you know, they remind us they're like, yeah, this guy's like a good manipulator. Because like we saw him like doing it with, with Wes in the first duty. Yep. Mm. And yeah, like he keeps people, you get the impression he's a guy, he keeps people around like, he views people as like, is this person like gainful to me? Like what, like yeah. me having a relationship to them, like what was that going to do for me? And then like when you're not like a convenience to him, then yeah, you probably are quickly discarded. He's charismatic, but he does not know how to lead. Typical narcissist, really. But I I thought it was like a fun surprise that they, uh, you know, we don't know exactly what the plan is. And we just figure it out when we see it. And, oh, they do something fun with the captain's yacht for... For maybe like the we first time ever. People use that though. <laughs> and I, don't, I mean, they used it to seeing uh, Gilbert and Sullivan in Star Trek Insurrection. So that some people might call that a fun use of the captain's yacht. But but it's rarely used. It isn't used that often. Yeah. It's, Lord X used it once before and then used it here. So it's yeah. like they've already used it. They've used the captain. I mean, before this, Star Trek Insurrection used it once. So they have yeah. now become the most captain's yacht usingest Star Trek thing. <laughs> Or whatever Why that's not worth. use it? Like, yeah, it's a perfect, perfect, perfectly good it's ship. Perfectly good ship. Yeah. I guess. yeah. If I if I had a yacht, I'd use it. A <laughs> captain's yacht, I guess. A lot. I'm assuming it's like supposed to be where she can also do smaller diplomatic missions where she goes down and it's more, you know, not a shuttle, but it's something that I don't know. It just feels like that. It could be like that. It's a super Star Trek idea for the captain and all the senior officers to go off on a side quest and like leave a lieutenant junior grade in command of the ship though that, that like that rang very true that felt right yeah 
And fun to see Boimler, of course. I saw someone say, like, there's a full grade lieutenant right behind him, but uh, someone on the first reaction stream said that last night, I think. Oh. But uh, it's like, yeah, she's a full lieutenant, but, like, you don't you don't have to she's leave the ship in command of the... Yeah, like, you, you sometimes, like, someone with a... Like, Worf and Data were both outranked by Crusher, but, like, they were frequently left in command of the Enterprise instead of her because they had the command training. So if that was... That freaked anyone out, that's... It's, it's okay. Like, you don't have to worry about that. It didn't bother me at all. In fact, it made me think about episode one of the very first episode of the series and how Captain Freeman couldn't even get Boimler's name right back then. Oh, he could barely walk on the bridge without having like an anxiety attack when like yeah. when, when <laughs> Ransom's trying to talk to him. And he's like, Ensign, what are you doing here? And it's like, you know, he's, he has like the weird like uh, echoey sound effect. Like he yeah. can't like hear what's going on, you know? Yeah. 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 And. And then she basically asks him to spy on Mariner. And and she still doesn't get his name right when he comes back and reports. And it's just yeah. Yeah. And, and now now she's around. like, here, here, Brad, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the, the ship. Here's the keys to the Cerritos. I'm leaving you in command, you know. And they even had that nice little exchange. You know, it's like, you know, I, I basically make sure you get home, you know. And she's like, you know, I, I plan on it. The other reason why I think that the Trinar are set up for something is because they they take the time to show us that they they beam off of Lacarno's ship. Like they take time to make sure the audience knows, okay, the, the Trinars didn't blow up. They're they're still active players out there. So Yeah. It has to be for something. Like Section 31 Boimler's gotta come back someday. And these Trinars gotta come back. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for that, because we know he's out there. We know William Boimler is still out there. They're just saving that up for another season because they don't show us stuff like that and then not pay it off. It may take them a season or two to pay it off, but they will pay it off. Well, yeah, that's one of the things that we said is like, it's nice that they actually do remember those things like compared to some shows that might pull that in and then just never see it again. So. Yep. Or like if they, if they set up uh, conspiracy bugs that take over Starfleet <laughs> and then say like they're still out there somewhere, maybe yeah. someday we'll maybe someday we'll cross their path again. Still waiting on them. I feel like they're, if if anybody's going to bring them back, it'll be lower decks. I would just love do that. one episode. Just bring back. <laughs> yeah. Just do an episode called like Loose Ends, and you you start you <laughs> it opens. That would it opens great. with like Gary games. Seven, like it, it, like <laughs> right at the beginning. It's like Gary Seven, like assignment Earth, and it's like I'm here to clean up all the loose ends, and it's just you know what I that's would one love. Of them. I would yeah. love what they should do. My thought, anyway, they should make a new series of short treks and do all of these loose ends. Each one gets a short trek. That would be cool. That would be brilliant. You I mean, yeah, they wouldn't want us to tie up everything because people would want to have a story eventually one day. <laughs> yeah, but you know, bring back the weird bugs of, and, yeah. and stuff. And honestly, when I as a as a kid, I remember that episode vividly. As an adult, when I go back and watch it, I'm like, "Good lord, that was graphic for the time." Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the first episode of Star Trek I ever watched. Ever. Oh man! Like, oh wow! <laughs> I knew, I knew of like I knew Spock and Kirk just from like pop culture, but I I, I never watched like I, I i remember like seeing like stuff for star trek 4 on tv and being like oh yeah the dude with the ears and his friend and they normally like work in space and this is like a weird movie where they're walking around on earth for some reason so, but I, I, did, I didn't know much but then like the, the next thing i saw like star trek after that was the episode conspiracy right at the part where they're trying to get like Riker to, to eat bugs 
And I saw from there until like when him and Picard blow the dude up. And I'm like, this is the most insane, intense show I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know how people can like watch this stuff. Like, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack just thinking about this show. Like, what is going on? And then you get one that's just him eating, drinking tea, <laughs> waiting like for his only... old girlfriend in the uh, Paris cafe. <laughs> was the only little kid going around like, man, Star Trek for the next generation. That is an intense show. Like, oh, have you seen this thing? <laughs> yeah, that's why you can't judge any series by one episode. Yeah, very exactly. true. Very true. But we can judge Nick Locarno as a uh, fiendish murderer because he tells Mariner point blank, like, no, I am actually willing to kill you to yeah. save my, I don't know, Nova Fleet vanity project. So. <laughs> yeah, th that's it. It's a, it's ego above all else. That is a narcissist right there. Yeah, he yep, felt entitled right. to a perfect life, and uh, but yeah, I guess there are there are a lot of people. Lot yeah, of people it's that, entitlement. That's a, yeah. They that's feel cheated. Yeah. Uh, the Ferengi paywall gag, though, like that was. <laughs> I have complaints with some things in the the second half of this episode, but the Ferengi paywall, I I loved that so much that. That that was great. That was that was one of the best gags of the show. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't strips of latinum. It was bars, bars of latinum. Of latinum. Yeah, <laughs> like no, I, I know if you're trying to if you're trying to stop this thing from detonating, you're really gonna want it to stop. So I'm asking you for a lot of money. <laughs> this, like, highway robbery, like no apologies. Like I, I admit that I'm doing it, but you know, like you want to not blow up. I got you bent over a barrel, so you're gonna pay up <laughs> two bricks or two bricks or you're gone. Yeah, there's one thing at the end that I have a, a little bit of an issue with, but we'll we'll get to that, I'm sure. No, oh, let, let's talk about like our, our ending. We get like the big uh, Wrath of Connie explosion. And then uh, what, what do we have in the setup? Vassery's like, oh, he's we're going to have this Locarno planet now. His molecules are in there. That's the thing that I have an issue with. It's like Josh Albert's dad's going to have some words about that. I would feel like it's like naming it after him seems well, one, it feels like maybe it's going to come back. Like maybe we'll visit Locarno at some point in the future or whatever they called it. Was it was it Locarno? Yeah, or? they yeah. called it Locarno, just Locarno. Yeah. And yeah. that it was going to be, you know, they were hoping to establish it as a sanctuary for refugees. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the antithesis of what he would want. I love it. <laughs> True. <laughs> I would uh, hang out on Locarno. It looks like a cool green planet. But uh, if, if they're worried about, you know, refugees, like uh, I hope like some Romulans like start relocating <laughs> Oh yeah, that's... relocate over here. Maybe that's what they were. Could that be a reference to that? Has that it already started at that point? It could. But be. I mean, like they've. It's only like three years till Picard season one, right? It's very, it's very muddy. It's like a little, it's a little bit. Of, I know some people like don't care about timeline stuff, so this might be boring. But for people who do, like, it, it's weird because like some stuff's explained in the novels, which aren't canon, but the year 2381 is the year that this episode is in and we know yep. like at that point picard is already an admiral he's off the enterprise e and he is actively working on this project with the romulans but i guess like i guess it's not like public knowledge because like the romulans are embarrassed that they're gonna have like their star go nova and so they don't or they don't want like their own people to so freak that, out yeah. so it's like it, it's unknown like who knows and who doesn't know that that's happening but it's kind of like y'all should have y'all clearly didn't tell enough people if like not everyone evacuated so yeah yeah again it sounds like a bit of an ego thing you don't want to look weak and so you don't tell the truth mm -hmm. and then a lot of people die i will say this though here's an opportunity to uh to promote uh star trek prodigy hashtag we saved star trek prodigy 
Yeah. Aaron Welke has promised that if there is a uh, season three of that show, he would he would like to kind of have the prodigy characters overlap more with some of the events leading up to Picard. So we Ooh. actually might have an opportunity to cl- clarify a lot of that stuff in a mm. future season of Prodigy. So make sure everyone watches that when it hits Netflix, okay? Yes. So oh, get a season three. <laughs> I will so be watching that several times even if i can't actually you know watch it i will have it on so that it's streaming (laughs) so that it's running so that netflix will know that this show is special and that people will support it i actually like i currently like don't even have netflix it's like the only streaming service i feel like i i don't have right now but i will when prodigy is on there i will i will sign up for whatever like their top 4k whatever plan for like the the month that the prodigy arrives, I will I will do like whatever like their their premium level is for at least one month. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not saying I'll stick around, but hey, if you were giving me like a new season of Prodigy every month, then, then maybe I would. So <laughs> I think Aaron Waltke would be very tired at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, get yeah. some Red Bull in him. Uh, well, he's, no, he's staying awake with his poison. child anyway, so like maybe he's he can just do it because he's awake. <laughs> just yeah. because he's awake doesn't mean he's cognizant. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> might, might not be the best stories, but we'll, right, we'll get yeah, some exactly. scripts. Yeah. Why is this all about childcare? I don't understand. <laughs> That's funny. There's a uh, the comic book artist. Um, I kind of don't want to say his name because it turned out he was kind of a jerk, and I don't want to promote his work. But a guy I used to be a fan of, and I was reading like a lot of his books, and he was working on like so many different titles at the same time. And I noticed like every storyline, there would be like these characters like walking around talking about like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired." I'm like, "Why is Beast and X Men talking about like, oh my god, I'm so tired?" And it's like, oh, because this dude is really tired. Is writing this? But that's funny. And now people are gonna be like, "Oh, who's the comic book writer? Father, he doesn't <laughs> like." Yeah, you know, well, have fun investigating. <laughs> But yeah, uh, what else do we have at the ending? I guess like Mariner's back, yay! Let's hug Mariner. But now Tindy is gonna leave. Boo! Let's be sad. I did like they... the like the chanting. It's like we did that a lot. You know, <laughs> I needed that though because otherwise yeah. I was gonna be like, yeah, this is the part where the show chants slower decks. So I was like, they're like, yeah. yes, you've you two have figured out our formula. But it it would be unsatisfying if they didn't do that. So it's no, not like I, having your. I, cake I thought it was cute too. though the way that, that he did that. Yeah. I did the same thing with like a uh, Talen doing like the rejection to S- Sokel. Like I, I think I said Her that. IPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy, I might have mentioned that when you were with us at the before before the season. We were just talking about like the top five things we wanted. I think I might have yeah. said like Talen might even like at some point reject you know being called back to the Vulcans. Agreed. Yeah. We should go back and look at those predictions and talk about them next week. We should do that before we'll be... next week. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. But even even though, like I said, like I thought this was coming, I was very satisfied when it happened. And I, when I have like a verbal like response, if I like laugh at something, like I try to like make a note of that if I laugh out loud or like I like I said like f yeah out loud when it when it showed yeah just her hit ignore on her iPad. So that was yeah. that was cool. I loved it. Yeah, that's that's the best revenge. It's like oh no 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 no, you sent me here and now I'm staying because yeah now everybody wants me. But guess what, baby. I'm home. And it's something that uh that we also talked with with Mike about today, Aaron. That will be in the in the interview next week. But uh, I guess like a theme of of characters unburdening themselves. And you you mentioned yeah. Freeman no longer worried about trying to impress the brass, get a command of a better ship. Yeah, you know, she's unburdened herself from that. Look how much happier she is. Like a better leader, better mother. Just a, a generally like a a more chill, cool 
functional person. Yeah. So and we see Talen unburdened here. It's like, man, like I need to I need to learn how to unburden myself. I need I need to learn some lower decks unburdening. You just need somebody to script your life that will that will take care of it. Yeah. Mike McMahon, come write my life. Yeah. Give give me an arc with some development and then a satisfying <laughs> conclusion. Oh, if only it were that easy. The uh Yay. Orion ship I mentioned, Yay. uh I yep. I knew when I saw that, I was like, Oh, Aaron's gonna like this. <laughs> I I liked it too as a as a ship nerd and also a TAS fan. Yes. Because it it definitely looks more like the TAS ship in or the, the ship in TAS than the first one that we saw did. They were obviously in the same lineage, but this one is like clearly much more like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how like how little they changed on it. It's just mm-hmm. like a. And actually, no, we're, we're actually. Interesting. Yeah, it does. It's like, yeah, we, we're proud of this of this 1970s design. We're not embarrassed. We're not going to try it. We're not going to try to alter it or pretend it's something else. Well, for the most part, Bob actually designed some pretty cool stuff. You know, just like that he was able to do. You know, we don't have to think about like, how is this going to hold up as a model? Can the wing actually go out that far or whatever? You know, like you just draw it. So that was cool. Yeah. Was like, yeah, that kid on Saturday morning ain't going to care. Just draw yeah. something that looks cool. Well, he also used to do, illustrate for the Navy and the Air Force. So it's like, I feel like he had some lineage. Of, he had some knowledge of, uh, you know, just ships in general. So the uh, the Tindy and Rutherford hug, you know, they're very like tearful goodbye. Like they, they take time to like show like, you know, that's like a diff. That's a little bit of a more serious goodbye than with anyone else. So I'm, yeah. I'm still on the uh, the team uh, hashtag uh, Tinder Ford, but yeah, I, I want to see them in a in a romance together, like full on. I, like I I don't need them to be married with kids, is what I keep saying. But like I do need I want them to at least be boyfriend and girlfriend for at least like the last episode of the show, at the very least. But give me that someday. Yeah, we've waited four years now, guys. <laughs> Brandy, uh, me and Aaron took note of it. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you, you probably did too. But when Rutherford was telling everyone that uh, him and Dr. T had a cave baby, mm-hmm. did you notice like Tindy's reaction? She's like, what? You had a baby yes. with Dr. Tiana? Yeah, that was like, way more intense than the other people. Yeah. She was like oh, yeah. way more invested with who Rutherford has babies with. Like she cared way more than they all cared. But Tindy definitely cared the most. Yeah. Oh, she's she's been displaying this behavior since... Yeah, forever <laughs> since like season one but uh and we don't see it super often but we did see it in oh, what was the episode's name strange energy when rutherford has uh has lost his memory because his oh yeah uh his mm-hmm. yeah when she, you know she, she didn't want him to go out with barnes um, yeah and just that's that's exactly you know they're hugging and she says and don't date barnes <laughs> and he just has this look like what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's been going on for ever. Yeah, and it's it's so cute though that neither one of them want to cross that bridge. That they're just so happy the way they are that they're not even considering the fact that they are in a romance. They're just not doing the romance part yet. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the show kind of. I don't know. I don't know. Are they dancing around it or are they like trying to like show it like here? We're going to like rub your face in it for a little bit just to like let you know that that we're aware of this, too. But we're just not ready to do it. But I, mean, well, we, I appreciate we that something they didn't going just on. instantly put them together. I think this, this is more satisfying. Mm-hmm. It is but it, realistic, and, honestly. Yes. Randy, will you, will you say the Ferengi episode again? Uh, Parth Ferengi's heart place. Thank you. You're welcome. That episode, like at first, like I was like really happy with it. It's like, oh, the show is acknowledging. There's like, there's something there. There, there's a connection there. And then I was like, oh, is the show just being like, oh, but our, 
solution to this is we're just going to want them to be friends forever. But I'm like, no, no, they're, they're, they're clearly like going to build up to something more. Right. Right. But like, I'm not convinced of that. So I'm always like asking other people, like, I want like reassurance. Like, I just don't want someone to, like, yes, yes, they're going to get together. Father, you don't have to worry about this. Yeah. Well, you know, early on, people thought about Boimler and, and uh, Mariner getting yeah. together. It's just like, you know, that. Which I couldn't. I clearly could now, see that doesn't, now. They're, no, not back then I couldn't yeah. either. But like now, for sure not. They're, they're, they're brother and sister. At this like they're like that's mm-hmm. their that's their yeah. dynamic. I I do wish for a, a suitable partner for Brad. I really do. Yeah. So you know, because really he 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 hasn't had that much luck in love, and uh, you know his last girlfriend was actually in love with an alien that was in the back of his head. So <laughs> it was just you know. I just um I just want everybody to be happy is is basically what I want. So Did you see I, her by the way Brandy and um she appeared on screen for a oh, yeah. blinking you miss it instant this season in uh the the Goodgy episode of uh, a, a few badgies more. Mm-hmm. When it, it showed the Vancouver. Yep. Really really fast I did notice. So I was like was that Barb? Yeah. Anyway, um they don't have to put it on screen. You know, I can write my own fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm so worried about them. Like, they have to know that they're right for each other. Like, they're not even real. Like, I don't know why I'm so worried about, like, them not finding each other. It's like, they're they're going to be okay. I mean, because, maybe they won't be, but it's, yeah. they don't exist. Because, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But these these characters have become near and dear to us, and we are invested in yes. them. I, I care them. more about them than than some, some people I know in my personal life, I guess. I think they've done studies Agreed. about that, that they're, you know, you, the part of your brain that you use with a, an actual person is the same thing that you do when you invest in a character or something like that. So it is very, very real. I like this comment from Linda Marks. Uh, she says, uh, I like slow burn, but I think they'll have to stop the dance and get them together at one point. And I agree, Linda. That's I like a yeah. slow burn too, but it's like, okay, at some point you gotta, you gotta move to the, to the next step. So I really feel like they're going to do that this next season. Yeah. This time sure. apart is going to show them show them the error of their dawdling, I guess. I, I think some big things might happen in season five because I we're you may I don't we don't know how like how long the show is going to go, but it's possible final season next year. But I, I think just they were like promoting people to like to lieutenant. Now it kind of shows like the show is the show is confident. They're not afraid to like make changes. They're they're going to. You're kind of like the Strange New Worlds thing, like taking big swings. Like, we're not afraid of taking big swings. Like, I don't think Lower Decks is afraid either. And I think that they kind of established, I don't know, kind of like this comfortable space to work in in the first couple of seasons. And then in season three, when they started like, you know, we're going to reference our own history as much as we reference other shows, kind of stuff like it, stuff like that. It really felt like it, it kind of like become its own, its own animal, found like its own identity. And I think that uh, season four had more... I guess, uh, you know, bold moves, game-changing moves than three. So I think five will have even more than four. That's what I really loved about the the flashback, or not the flashback, the uh, the kind of mirroring of Boimler pretending to be a captain in, in season two. In this season, it's like, oh, you're referencing your own stuff. And it's like clear that what that was about. So, Or even like in season one in Veritas, when we saw like Tindy went on like that accidental secret Black Ops mission to Romulus and was like a... a <laughs> freaking badass you know beating up the tal shiar and stuff and we were like yep. how the hell did she do that and it's like now we know oh, well it's all explained now so it's yeah like yeah. you know a lot of a lot of mariners behavior it's like well if she hates being in starfleet so much why is she in starfleet it's like well just keep watching the show like now we know so yeah i uh, gotten a lot of uh, a lot of questions answered so uh I, the the ending is a lot of fun for me because that's another thing that that matches up with the show's history in the first episode when tindy arrives on the cerritos 
uh, when Boimler's kind of giving her a tour, uh, at one point we see her stare out like that back window of like their, their hallway that they slept in while the ship is at warp. And it looked very similar to how she looked on the Orion ship, you know, like leaving the Cerritos when it takes off at warp. And so it's like, oh, that's like a thing that she likes to do when she gets like a new ship, I guess, is look out <laughs> like the back window. But it's like a cool little visual connection there. They also got the red shift and blue shift correct, which is kind of cool. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, they do the best warp effect on Lower Decks out of any out of any Star Trek show ever, act, which is kind of funny. Something like so visual like that, but the animated comedy got it better than than all the other shows, in my opinion. Though, but I like the I like the warp effect here. I love this determined look on her face too. Yeah, oh, I yeah. like that confidence. Of, like you got this. Yeah. It was um, yeah. Aaron, you told me uh like uh, off off mic. You told me that the ending kind of felt like a movie ending. Yeah, it felt very cinematic, especially because we don't go, we didn't just cut back to credits, you know, just and the, the music was not the standard. Music. Yeah, I think that just having like a different end credit sequence yeah. than normal with like the, you know, the warp filled and then like the credits playing over that. And the we watched the very end thinking maybe music. there was a cut scene, but there was not. <laughs> Same. Well, Same. they gave us a post credit scene last year with. Uh, yeah, with that's badging. why we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think I that's everything I had on the. The episode. Do you have you have any final thoughts? I'm just uh, yep. <laughs> excited for next year. Yep. We like to uh, to end things with the uh, the Gorn eggs section of the show, where I go over the uh, the Easter eggs, in jokes, and continuity connections we thought were worth mentioning. And apologies for not doing a Gorn egg video this week. I uh, am just lucky to be sitting upright <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but y'all saw the uh, the beautiful Orion ship, right? Like I. That's the uh, that's the the animated series connection. So I suspect if there had been a video that would have would have been something Orion. No, actually, I I would have done the thing about Brad and his uh, stance because we we did the Orion ship sort of before yeah. already. I was gonna say like we kind of already covered that, so yeah. I think you're good. But the stance is a good one. I like that because it's a, it's a little more subtle. Um, I guess the the use of Nova Squad was was not very subtle. It was very like uh, <laughs> look at all these uh, familiar faces, but. Uh, it was it was cool to finally see Josh Albert for the first time ever. So put a put a face to a name. Uh, but yeah, not featured in the episode was Jean Hajar. Hajar. Okay, <laughs> one of these days I'll get it. And her her actual name is um, oh, it was something. And now I don't remember. It was it's very interesting. Like Walker Brandt. That's what it is. Oh yeah. So her first name is Walker. Well, uh, we we asked uh, Mike McMahon a, f- a fun question today, though, about uh, what was it like getting Shannon Phil back. Uh, so I guess we can we can talk about that next week. In the, yeah, come back, come back next week, y'all, and uh, in the the Mike McMahon interview, and uh, you got trying to find a, an actor who hasn't worked in the industry since 1995. And that was that was interesting to to talk to him about. So and thank you, thank you, Rachel, for suggesting that. Yeah, question. that was a great question. He seemed to have like a lot of fun talking about that too. So be sure that you come back next week. But uh, yeah, we Will Wheaton as Wesley, uh, of course, Robert Duncan McNeil, a second time on on Lower Decks. Uh, so that was fun. And if you pay attention, you you do see we I think we we said you you see Gene Hajar. Did I do it? Yep, that's correct. awesome. Okay, <laughs> you you do see her like running away uh, from yeah. the from the group. She like waves she was like, just... yeah, yeah. Maybe she's like running late to class or something. Uh, but also Boothby esque. <laughs> yeah, eagle eyed viewers might spot a Boothby doing some gardening next to a Cation. We try to figure out if the other two people were anybody we knew, but they're just background extras, we think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool to see Boothby. Uh 
on screen for, I guess, like the first time since Voyager, and you can debate if that counts or not, because it's not like real Boothby. But a uh, Mariner, Cadet Mariner, she's uh, she's all like cute and excited and, and all like wanted to nerd out about all the cool Star Trek stuff, like Zindi and Preservers, they both got mentioned. Uh, you know, the Preservers, they uh, alien abducted a bunch of Native Americans one time, and the Zindi blew up Florida. Star Trek is weird. <laughs> yeah. I like to use the Xeno history. That's hard to say. Xeno history. Like, you seem to be doing fine with it. it doesn't, yeah. It's like, seem like there's that, a lot of weirder hard. words in your universe than yeah. that one. Yeah. Like Xenoanthropology. That's a mouthful, but it's yeah. still, I can say it. I, I was happy to see uh, Petra Aberdeen back on the on the free spirit. Yeah. And uh, she, I guess it takes two people to replace Mariner because she's had, she has <laughs> two people on her ship now instead of, instead of just one. So That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Like the... The dude on the ship, I think he's a, I think he's a Vulcan. He kind of looks like he has like some Vulcan eyebrow mm, and some maybe, pointed yeah. ear action. Mm. Maybe like he's like a little bit of like a weird Vulcan braided <laughs> ponytail under a bowl haircut. He's like a Vulcan bad boy, I guess. Ba- <laughs> Vulcan bad boy archaeologist. <laughs> that would be an interesting Indiana Jones movie to see. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw the uh, towel guy. Uh, version of a uh, Tamarian. Tamarian, yeah, the Tamarians. Um, but I think we saw that before, didn't we? See the uh, or no? I'm thinking of Klingon towel guy. No, we saw we Klingon saw guy. Wage yeah. Okay, this is a, this is a new towel guy. So there's a and Big Merp is sometimes in a towel. So there's a, a collection of of towel men from various different <laughs> planets. <laughs> so that's who the Trinar are going to team up with is the towel men. The towel men. <laughs> Here's my question: Why a towel? Why not a robe? Oh, I thought you were going to say like, why not just like walk around just totally nude? And- <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to see anybody's genitals. I'm just saying that you don't use a towel to dry off from a sonic shower. So why yeah. not wear a robe? Well, even Boimler is just like it's a, it smells musty in here or whatever. It's like which doesn't make a lot of sense or, because it's you know there's sonic showers, yeah, or steamy or whatever he's a. I guess yeah. because like Fedorov, he's the Cerritos towel guy. So we'll just we'll pick on him. We'll pick on Fedorov. But like you clearly want to get people's attention. So you're like, oh, I'm going to like show <laughs> off like how like how sexy I am by walking around with this towel. And people are going to be like so worried. Like, oh, is the towel going to fall off of him? So they're all going to be staring at me, you know, worried the towel will fall off at any minute. So, yeah, you don't have to dry yourself after a sonic no. shower, I'm assuming. So all of these towel men are just really attention whores. Yeah, because you see plenty of people go into that same sonic shower with a robe on. Yeah, yeah so you're only doing it with a towel if you want to get attention. So, yep, I think okay. that's I think if we've solved it, we cracked the it. code. Yeah, like, I I know Mike McMahon keeps apologizing to, like, Enterprise fans for not having, like, enough. He's like, it's hard to get 22nd century stuff in there. But, like, we have some cool, like, Enterprise Endorian style aesthetics on that Endorian crew. The uh, Saber class runner ship, the USS Pissarro. Yes. Which is actually USS... named after... Um... Fabio Pissarro. Fabio yeah. Yeah, uh, Fabio Pissarra, who worked on the Eagle Moss ships. I think he did. He was a, a CGI dude. Was he doing like the some of the models? I think so. Yeah, he was like rebuilding some of the ones that weren't weren't up to spec for for creating models out of. Okay, so yeah, he's like upscaling like the existing. I think I think he took like the ILM models mm-hmm. and he did whatever to make them good enough quality to be used for like the modern. Which is hilarious to think it's like they have to fix an ILM model to make it more high def. You know, it's like, (laughs) that just seems odd. 
you know, just uh, what do you call it? Moore's law and computer power and all that over time. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a cool tribute. He sadly like passed away. I think it was cancer, but it was it, it sounded yeah. like it was like you know pretty rapid, uh, real tragic. Uh, just last year, it was like a year ago uh, when he died. Uh, they named they they named the ship after him and they gave it the NCC five two six seven zero registry because his birthday was May twenty sixth nineteen seventy. So really awesome tribute. I thought that was like really uh, really cool. Uh, the people up at a uh, Titmouse did a did a good job on the ship. It looked beautiful, and I think as like like someone who's like a big ship nerd, if that was like his life's work, his life's passion, I think there there could probably not be a finer yeah. tribute. And that uh, was based on the Steam Runner class, but to make the scales work, they said it's the size of a saber class, so we're just gonna call it the Saber Runner. So it's fun. scales have been weird in Star Trek before. We had we've had to do this before to explain birds of prey and <laughs> that that whole thing. So yeah, it's fine. Moving on, uh, we got some new Ferengi rules of acquisition. So uh, both both are new additions. Oh, yeah. I I actually looked in the book, in Ira's book, to see if they were in here before let me double check no 91 is not in here and what was the other one 289 so yeah neither neither so these are both new but we got 91 your boss is only worth what he pays you that one i agree with that that is true (laughs) and 289 shoot first count profits later i would say stun first but Mm. but yeah so that's all i got on the gornags but uh we're gonna have a lot of fun i think next week just talking about like the entire season brandy can Yep. Aaron and I invite you to to come over again next week if you want to talk about like all of season four as a whole. What do you think? Make yeah, I'm I'm totally in. And awesome. I I got a a text message earlier today from our friend Jesse Gender who said she will also be joining. Oh, good. It's gonna be a fun crowd. And uh, and uh, Aaron and I have our interview with Mike McMahon in the can. So yep, Mike McMahon's in the can. <laughs> <laughs> We got McMahon in a can, y'all. But we we'll also have have Brandy and Jesse Gender. So yes. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great time. Uh, please uh, please come back. Uh, hit subscribe if you're not subscribed because you don't want to miss that. So all that stuff. Ring that bell. All that stuff. Subscribe on the on the. Oh, this is really important, y'all. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, if you're listening to Drawn to Trek, you need to make sure that you're subscribed to Text Trek. And if you're listening to Text Trek, you need to make sure that you're that you're subscribed to Drawn to Trek because. We're not all. We're not always going to like overlap. We're going to have weeks yeah. where it's like we might. We can bind like, our forces for like yeah. the, for lower decks, and then we're going to kind of we're going to sauce or separate. Yeah, that's it. So we're going to like Prometheus separate. We're going to we're going to shoot. We we might have like <laughs> multiple captains' yachts that shoot out. We might have like a first officer's yacht. We might have like a like a <laughs> engineer's yacht. You know, we have like a chief medical officer's motorbike. We have like all kinds of <laughs> vehicles. You have not even not even thought of thinking of yet so that's the lower decks rowboat <laughs> yeah <laughs> so chief lundy gets the rowboat so yeah Ooh. and uh, uh honus the bartender i don't we'll, we'll reveal his oh, yeah. vehicle next week as well so another, <laughs> another tease but please come back it's gonna be a lot of fun y'all were uh y'all were a great audience for another season of uh of star trek and we got a lot of trek to talk about next year too with discovery and strange new worlds and prodigy and all kinds of stuff. So. Oh, we're not getting Strange New Worlds next year. That's not yeah, going to happen. Probably be. Well, it'll go into production, and then like I'll be able to like I can talk about. We'll probably get like a trailer or something we can talk about. There will be something Strange New Worlds we'll talk about. But it takes nine months to do the digital effects on one episode, so no. we're not going to see anything new from Strange New no. Worlds in 2024. If they started shooting this year, we might get like it might be like Strange New Worlds season three, like coming at Christmas or something like that. Would be like. <laughs> That would be like best case scenario of like the strike ended today 
Yeah. That it, we might get like an episode out like right before Christmas. So yeah, it's probably not happening, but that's okay. We got a lot of other more time with about. books and comics and stuff. We'll dive go. into that stuff. I get uh, all the Star Trek comics. So yeah. We are still talking about doing on Drawn to Trek at some point, a play along of the Star Trek Adventures uh, animated series module that I worked on. Ooh, yeah. Nice. So that would Very be Very nice. We're, we, got a, we got a lot of stuff in the kitchen. We'll talk about that in the, in the near future, but, uh, all of Lower Decks season four next week will be will be discussed. And uh, like I was mentioning, Mike McMahon, Jesse Gender, Brandy's coming back. So it'll be a lot of fun. You should be there, too. And uh, until then, as always, live long and prosper, y'all.